This is the New How Podcast. Learning how to build businesses and real estate in a new age of technology. All right, so today on the New How Podcast, we have Jay Duran from Culture Matters. Welcome, Jay. Ah, pleasure is all yours. <laughs> gotcha. Well, I we appreciate know. that. So, uh, Jay, who the hell are you? Tell the people who Jay Duran is and tell me why culture matters. I appreciate that question. I would say that uh, the culture man is what they call me on Instagram. Culture matters because think of it like an invisible ecosystem of shared belief created by an influencer and maintained by the alignment of the influenced. Meaning there's an alignment or a trust, an invisible lasso that holds together a relationship like a spouse or a relationship between a parent and a child or the relationship between a partner and their business partner Mm -hmm. or the relationship of a congregation of people that get together to prey upon some form of belief system or and, and, and their leader, uh, a relationship between a community and the individuals in it. There's continual relationship and relationships and relationship all held together by belief systems. So culture matters because culture is basically people and people are ideas. Yeah. And, and what they believe. And it's yes, like- Yes, yes. It's everything Shoot. at every level of abstraction. So you got to walk me into how now you're the master of this because mm. you have a t-shirt on. I don't know if you can see it and think it literally says culture matters with the world next to it. I love yeah. it. You got to tell really me how it. you got to this point of Jay Duran being the guy that is the expert of culture around businesses and, and just understanding right. people in general. That, that's a, okay, so that's a good lead in. I'm wearing the culture matters hat, the culture matters shirt. Now, if you go to personal Facebook right now or LinkedIn or YouTube or Instagram, and you look at what I'm wearing, right? Symbols, uniform that represent meaning, that represent some form of truth. It's not a hat. It's not a shirt. It's a suit. Mm-hmm. So why am I wearing the shirt and this hat You're now? You're just working out. Do? You just came from working out. The reason, that's a good <laughs> guess. The reason I'm wearing is because I was doing a talk at a real estate company mm-hmm. about how important symbolism is. Mm-hmm. Symbolism, meaning, for example, uniform architecture, mm-hmm. what meaning is the quick thought matrix of whomever sees that symbol? So why am I the expert? Because I studied my entire life, myself, and the last five years, psychology and sociology and philosophy and history and biology and all of these sciences to attempt to articulate why people do the things they do to attempt to create some meaning in this world. Mm. So there was a business that I had started with a credit card with a mentor, and we started with just this idea that was his, not mine, can't take credit for that idea, that was his idea. I was the mentee, I was the one that was following his vision, I was the one that trusted in him, I was the one that was just learning and absorbing everything that he had to offer from the utility, the competence, the confidence that he exuded, Mm -hmm. I was the sponge, and through that, I followed him. I moved into a car, basically. I moved into a business. I did all these things. And when we articulated the language and the symbolism using the story through the medium of our team meetings, all of our employees did too. They worked harder for less. They did more because they believed in a cause. And all of this happened in front of me and I didn't know why. And it changed my entire life because it was like a big wake up call that I am actually not a leader. I'm actually a liar and a hypocrite. 
I gotta get myself together and I gotta figure out what is behind the architecture of belief. So about almost five years ago, four and a half years ago, I said, I'm going to study everything possible and use the world as a giant experiment. Mm. And years later, culture matters is an idea. And the purpose is to help people uncover their genius. Mm -hmm. The belief is, we believe when people read, write, speak, every single day they develop the power to love themselves other, the, uh, love themselves and others. The goal is to make curiosity cool. The mission is to read, write, speak, and inspire other people to do the same. And the vision is to live in a world where every man, woman, child takes a responsibility to read, write, and speak every day. All of that is just some of the language through the stories with the symbolism, like this hat and this shirt and so on and so forth, to get the result. I love it. So, so, I mean, it's, so it's, we could go and go and go, but yeah. just to go I mean, a couple steps back, mm -hmm. uh, culture matters. Yeah. So, so, so I guess my question now for you, obviously, I get, I get it, but like, what's what's driving you now to want to create? you know, a culture for people, like how people create their, like what drives you to want to do this? What, is there something that happened? What, what's, what's kind of behind this whole well, push? Okay, so we'll start at the, let's start at the forefront mm -hmm. of it. Uh, uh, similar to what it seems of what drives you to disrupt the real estate industry, that mm -hmm. the entire world seems to be decentralizing from a material standpoint mm -hmm. and re-centralizing to the ability for an individual to have a voice, to have a truth. Yep. Yeah. That's what I see. It's a platform, everyone can do it now. Everyone we're on, on this planet. podcast doing it right yes, now. Yes, exactly. Right? We're not this paying is the for medium. radio. We're not paying for radio. We're, we're doing this on a podcast. This is the medium. <laughs> and with this tool, for example, mm -hmm. we can take personal responsibility to share our story, to share some form of useful thought mm -hmm. with meaning behind it so that others may be better. It is pretty intoxicating to be useful for other people. Amen believe it or not. Amen, Amen on that. Yeah. So now when it goes back to business, Believe it or not, when your people at a, at a company have something to believe in yes. and learn how to be better people and better at their competencies, their job, their tacit skills, the company makes more money. Yep. 100%. The company has less turnover. Example, the container store, when they went, before they went public in 2014, they had 1,000% less turnover than the average retailer. 90% of their customers were previous in, uh, 90 percent of their employees are previous customers, and they made the, the employees 50 percent more than the average retailer. Why? In the book that the founder of the company wrote, uh, uh, "Uncontainable," he says it's because of the seven foundation principles that they transcribed, <laughs> aligned with the one hour. It came out to 160 hours that they train their employees every year mm. through the values of the company. They, it's called in biology. It's called heuristics, like a mantra mm -hmm. has a sentence or a word that means something like yeah. Tony, right? Mm -hmm. And Brian, you are not your name. You are not your reputation. You are your next decision and how it reacts. And then like, mm -hmm. you know, trickles through the mm -hmm. whole world and mm -hmm. how the world perceives you. So anyway, businesses, that get clear on what they stand for using language and symbolism through the meeting of the training and so on and so forth. They're meeting the team meetings and the growth. They develop leaders. Yeah. And what's a leader? A leader is a parent. A leader is a friend. A leader is a strong spouse. A leader is a human. Mm -hmm. And you know, the big why, <laughs> because the world is changing quickly, go wrap around to like the conversation. You, know, you asked me, yeah. you know, what gets you fired up? I see a world that everything is dematerializing, 
to rebuild itself. And the one thing that we need is competent, confident, self-actualized, yet, uh, but self-aware people, period. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and culture matters will do everything it can to, to make things better. Yep. If that makes for, sense. For small collectives of people or groups. Like, you know, I, I guess the other thing too is like doing this, you're doing this for companies now, really. You're going in and helping companies kind of understand their meaning and value and, and help articulate. This is not a non-for-profit. Yeah, However, <laughs> we, but this is the thing. I believe, and that's why we spend so much yeah. time philanthropically with our time, <laughs> right? That this is the create, this is a cultural disconnect that the person that exits from their company then becomes a philanthropist. Well, how about you actually use your word, your power, your utility, mm -hmm. and help schools or help programs while you're doing do, it. Mm -hmm. So yes, we're a for-profit, that's where we make money. Do you foresee, do you foresee, obviously you talk about this decentralization, do you foresee companies decentralizing? Like, do you see these big thousand people companies existing, or do you see like small collective groups of like 20 to 30 people starting to like, churn out shit like they're a tribe. It's a great back. question. Like, you know, what, so what's your thought Without on that? the architecture of belief, that will happen anthropomorphically speaking. Meaning, as soon as we start developing past, look at, look at the Marines. How do they break down their groups to be most useful? Small groups. Yep. However, how did Alexander Great go from 16 hoplites with one guy in the front, one guy behind him, and one guy in the back, and then 13 men in the middle and build a 20,000 troop? Yeah. He used symbolism story through his word he left from the front there were different rankings that with that language reflected the symbolism mm -hmm. and they trained their people right so you start putting these patterns here look at the army look at any army anywhere in the world right so to answer your question without understanding how to create belief systems to drive behavior now this could be used for ill or for good Meaning, you know, it can be used in any, any fashion. Without doing that, the higher likelihood is that, yes, organizations will be, will, will, be, will decentralize in a sense to be smaller groups. However, that doesn't mean that you can't have larger groups because all over the world, there are belief systems that people adhere to without a physical space to bring them together. Very true. And you could look at any, you know, who has better cultural alignment, Charles Manson or the startup? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When you start putting the pieces together, you realize <laughs> that the, the, the understanding of these uh, belief systems and how they're developed and how they're formed, you can codify that and use it to actually help people learn, grow, and share. Be better parents because, you know, be better, 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 better leaders in the business, mm -hmm. be better to the customer. It's all the same thing. No, that's great. Um, I have a question for you. Why? Because it seems like, you know, obviously I follow, I've been following you forever. And then we finally met, I don't know what, six months ago about that, something along the lines. Seems like you're heavy into real estate. Like you, you, you base a lot of what you do around real estate teams. Like I've seen you with Mike McCann. I've seen you with Grav from TCS. Yeah, like we were just there. Yeah. So like, tell me, I tell just me. Gave a signed copy just, in 30 days. <laughs> nice. Um, I need my, I need you to sign my copy. Yeah. I got to bring it. I got to bring it in. Next time I see you, he's going to be here. You can sign it for me. Sweet. Um, and we'll, I want to touch on, we'll touch on that in a sec, but tell me why real estate is where you started with this. Like what, what, what do you find fascinating about real estate teams or people that got you to preach culture matters to them. It's, it's so interestingly enough, after I left that other industry, which is the fitness industry to pursue what would become culture matters, I got involved in the real estate business because one thing I had never, one, one utility that I've never put in my arsenal is a person, a mm. person of power, a person of love, a person of, you know, uh, self-development. 
was telephone calls. <laughs> I had never called, you know, calls that only lead to disappointment. Right. That's I never called anyone. We, we call hot calls in Culture Matters. Yeah. Start with the heart, obtain the truth, and act in the theater of life. It's one of the courses on Culture Matters virtual training. So culturematterscourses.com, it teaches you how to do the telephone. Years ago, I got into the real estate business because I knew of a woman who's not a client now, actually, who was amazing at the telephone. It's all about mentorship. Yep. Why? Because you're open and curious and you learn from people that understand things you don't. Yep. And I sought this person out after we got connected at a networking event and I invested my time into learning another skill set that I knew I would need someday to make culture matter. Yep. Right. Make culture great. Get, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Make culture matter. So this person actually was amazing. And I spent so much time reading every book I could, taking every course. To, and yet I would still hide in the bathroom. <laughs> like, like, like they thought I had a bowel movement. <laughs> However, every day I got up at... 4.45, I ran to the gym, I came back, you know, listen to audiobooks all the time, I drove to the office, and I would say the script out loud. Right? That's a form the of heuristics. Call, the cold calling script, or was it? Yeah, so like, hey, I'm looking for Bob, hey, Bob, there's Jay with Katie, uh, well, through. at the time it was Remax, so hey, I'm looking for Bob, hey, Bob, there's Jay, KW is the last one I was there. So, hey, I'm looking for Bob, hey, Bob, this is Jay, KW, receive the call, you're only going to be using by listen, I'm just calling to see you when you play any of the right, Jay, either for the job is your home. If he's always home, where did you go next? How's you going to be there? What do you think is helping your home selling? How did you have a big last age? Stop fucking calling what me. Did it, yeah, so like, <laughs> I could still say the thing. It's been years and years and years and years and years. It was ingrained in my mind, and the point of that is this. Before I picked up the phone, if I wasn't unconsciously competent at the questions, how am I going to listen to understand, not to reply? Correct. And I did enough of it, enough of it, enough of it. It completely changed how I view the world and another level of abstraction of mm -hmm. utility because I made so many friends <laughs> with people that I would call at 730 in the morning. And that ended up becoming a what? a utility, mm -hmm. a useful yeah. competency to then be able to teach, create more meaning in my life and others through teaching. And it was another arsenal. So the reason that I know so many, and I interviewed about 40 real estate owners and top performers in the mm -hmm. last year and a half of the 130 people I interviewed-ish is because of those phone calls yep. and yeah. then connected and connected and connected. And then when it came down to then my first workshop, where I called people for sale by owner uh, live on speaker and got appointments and had conversations. And the whole room was like, wow, like I this is a real can, thing. Yeah. You can do it, right? It's like, like, because I did it live. <laughs> mm -hmm. There's a difference between talking about theory. Yeah. And I was like, it's time. I've outgrown this. I did it. I accomplished it. So no, I was never interested. I was never interested in like selling a million houses or nothing. Mm -hmm. It was like, I think a lot of it, you know, this millennial conversation or generation Z, it's okay to learn a lot and, and, and not be in a rush. Sure. It's like, right. It's okay to invest sure. time to learn, like to go through the motions of learning things. I think you have to do that. I think you have to do that now in today's age of society. Like you like, I want to know how to run Facebook ads. Like my mother was Googling how to run a Facebook ad for her little side hustle. She's working on like, it's, it's crazy that like you have to, everybody now has to take the time to learn these new skills and piece of technology that are coming out. Because if not, you're literally in 
the caveman air, mm-hmm. which you would say is okay because you'll find a culture that matters. And you'll, it'll work, but <laughs> like you know, right, it's always, you'll find a platform, a way, a way to coexist in that realm. People do, but I think you know today to be relevant, it's like you have to be able to quickly learn things. And I mean, it's one of the ways we hire here. Part of our culture is like. I don't care if you don't know something. It's like, I care about how quickly you can learn something. Yeah. Um, I'm, not, I'm not saying I need people to pick up Spanish or Mandarin to come teach you. You know, I'm not putting them through Rosetta Stone, but they're going to have to go through software learning and in a, in a, something that they've never experienced before, no matter how long they've been in our, in our profession. They have to learn quick here. Um, you mentioned 30 days of thought. Yes. I feel like I've been thinking longer than 30 days, <laughs> but you got to tell me what 30 days of thought is. And um, you mentioned some signed books, something was, a, what, what is 30 days of thought and uh, what is, tell everybody. So 30 days of thought is book two of the culture collective. You go back in the back of the book, there's seven books that make up a theory that we're working on. And it, yes, and this it's is your first book. That, yeah. So I wrote every letter. There's no ghost. We're not in a haunted house. <laughs> and the premise of 30 days of thought is this. Part of the journey of helping create mm-hmm. culture mattering, right? Having a story, having a voice, putting out the language through the symbolism. Part of all that is is the influencer, the, the founder of the idea has to get out of their own way. So part of my personal responsibility in, in, in respect to developing as a person, is reading to think every day, not to memorize, Mm -hmm. is writing to develop these thoughts and speaking truth, which is utility and meaning, period. So 30 days of thought is the literal medium for a reader to read a thought every day, to think, not to memorize what I have to say, (laughs) to write, their truth because at every time they read one of the excerpts or thoughts written in short one to two pages that thought right that little chapter they're now going to have their own thoughts they can agree they can disagree whatever work through these thoughts that I've put on give the me, page. Give me a one-liner. Right? Flip yeah. to something that you know that that you're excited about in this book. Give me well, like I a just, this one's open right here. It okay. says life after death. As our hearts make way to their final beat and our eyelids weigh heavy, we recognize these final moments are when we are gonna ask ourselves if there is life after death. Does the dawn set on my soul? In reflection and thought, I feel what it means to be me is so, cle- is so dear. The attachment I have made, the attachments I have made, the melodies that have been sung, the tunes I have heard, times of laughter, times of turmoil, and how I have risen above it all by digging deep to form my purpose. We never will let up because it matters, because culture matters. Without answers or the hope in a better tomorrow, there is only doubt and a lonely mind of empty regrets by a selfish me. The cycle of living is here and now, and without hope in life, there is no reason to fight anymore. The notion of transition is what gives us our strength to make us whole. And without the sure signs of life after death, there could be no cause to battle on. Our struggle in transition comes from the empty voids we must fill to feel fulfilled. The reality is that dying is easy and living is hard. As our hearts beat the last few rhythms and we drift off to sleep for our last dream, we may realize that we are just then finally about to wake up. 
That's, that's, point that's that. some deep shit. I'm going to say that is that is like beyond, that is like beyond most people's level of comprehension of the world. Like mm-hmm. that 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 paragraph. I, I said one line, but that, that, I I couldn't let you stop right now. Like that was just. Well, I appreciate impressive. it. Yeah, I got like excited. Yeah, I get excited, I get excited like listen to it. Like I like I feel like I went through every word of what you read in that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you the first crazy. one. I'll give you the first one. It's a little so as the book progresses, it's all basically written in my personal order of development from mm-hmm. writing and every mm-hmm. day got a little denser, got a little, feel a little stronger in who I was as a person. This is, this is a biological tendency of man or woman <laughs> to do this, to cave wall. You talked about the cave wall. Yeah. Well, if obviously it was a board to write if we were writing on the cave wall. So it was the first whiteboard you got over there. Well, the Egyptians did it so we could find the treasure later down the line. We wanted to know where the hell that That's was. That's a right? high five. <laughs> so the first one is called Life Lesson. This is a little less dense and, 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 and you know, pragmatic. Best way to F it all up? Argue in combat all while defending against the haters. Think of a negative comment like a cancer when it grows in the comment section and grows when engaged with any retort other than love, understanding, and acceptance. Not only does it grow, but it spreads negative meaning others will chime in and feed off of. Remember, people see life through their lens. They are the writer, producer, director, and leading role in their life's movie. You are an extra, according to them. And you need to own that. These are the majority, the mice, and they will feed on self-hate because it's what they know. A mouse does not know the hunt. The mouse does not seek out the hunt. And the mouse does not seek out prey nor own their game. They do not know that language. They know gossip and they scavenge and prey on the lion's kill, on your kill. It was Nietzsche who said, a lion is not angered over a mouse. His relative power is too great. Defensiveness betrays weakness. A mouse sees what a mouse sees and a lion sees what a lion sees. This is a truth of life. The opposite of what we know is also true. And once we accept this truth, we can accept people and win them over, eventually. This truth is that we have already won over who matters, ourselves. So there's a couple things there. Defensiveness betrays weakness. It's our internal insecurity that drives us forth to start a business. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we overcome ourselves in the process to be a good leader, to be a good employer, to be a good parent to our offspring, meaning those that didn't have the vision to a solution of a problem, the metaphorical children that we're gonna rise up to build so they can become our parents someday. Mm-hmm. And if we take everyone's truth as an uh, opposite of ours in the sense of an antagonist and we own that energy, let's say it is negative, now that negative energy which isn't coming from us we're accepting it it's coming from wherever they accept oh, yeah. it from and now we are going to lower ourselves uh, instead of being lions we'll be mics so the book the point of the book is to take your time to read these thoughts mm-hmm. to rip your metaphorical skin your cocoon so that when you write your thoughts that are private to you, you don't need to share those to anyone. We, you know, you, you, you that's Meditations by Marcus yep. Aurelius, a very famous book, it was just his journal. Yep. Keep your journal, but in the book, in 30 Days of Thought, we partner with Dennis Yu, shout out to Dennis Yu, Blitz Metri- Metrics, one of the, probably the best social media trainers on the planet for one minute videos, teach at Facebook, all that. It shows you exactly how in the book to film a one minute video. <laughs> And it holds you accountable every three thoughts to not forget to film your video. So this book <laughs> is an accountability partner. It's a coach I love it. in a material uh, product. 
to help someone coach themselves. So instead of self-help, help yourself and then selfishly be selfless <laughs> with the world. I mean, that's the, right. basically the moral of the story. You know, we are in the most exciting time in the world to be a human, mm -hmm. not that's a what spaghetti they, monster. That's what they said when they were crossing the Atlantic on the Titanic, too. I'm pretty sure they said the exact same thing. No, but so, I, no. I agree 100%. I mean, the, with what's going on, like, it's it's unreal. And I, I think, you know, just some of those thoughts, it, it makes people think. You know, it almost pulls them out of this virtual reality, as I'm going to call it, that they're living and kind of makes them question their real reality. We have like people in other on. states putting out videos disagreeing with me. Good. That's your thoughts. Now your audience can develop. That's the <laughs> right. point. The point is so now when if, let's say that an individual doesn't agree with that thought when they write it out, are they at a lower likelihood or a higher likelihood to actually have a better case? Hmm. When they write it, how, they write down their opinion. How do you how do you deal with the people's negativity? Like, it sounds like you yeah. turned it to energy. Is that kind of what you do? Well, let's think about it. Let's say that an individual, their, their language, their language is the soothsayer. You can quote me of their virtue. Language is the soothsayer. A soothsayer is an oracle. Meaning someone says, I can't, I can't. You think they'll all do it? So language is a soothsayer virtue. What is virtue? Virtue is their internal word, thought, idea, matrix of reality. So if, if language is the soothsayer virtue, when someone speaks their word at you, that energy is coming from not necessarily wit from them, but through them from wherever it came prior to. Right. And now you're either going to stop the cycle and well, filter them or you're going to accept it yeah. and now you're going to give it to your aunt or your cousin or your child or your employee and now the world has this dark sickness in it yeah called life so that's that that's just the first excerpt and that's just some of the thoughts but like i said people disagree all over <laughs> nah, I, and, that, and that's a good thing well, of course they're they're going to but i i mean you nailed it i i mean it, it's it's almost like you're using big words, using these, and you know, analogies. It's it's crazy how you're describing it, but then when you start breaking it down, it's very simple. Mm -hmm. It's like who told you that, and is who, it true? Who, who told who who told him that? <laughs> who told you him know? that? And it's like, where's the proof? Like, you know, it's it's really it goes through everything. It goes through religion. I'm, I'm waiting for the rock to open. Like, it's crazy, right? Like, it's it's unreal. Let's and, look at words for a second. Yeah, words. A word is a bucket of energy. Like, why is a big word more powerful than a little word. It's not about sophistry or flowery language. Mm -hmm. I'm not a bombast, meaning there's, there's a context in, held in a word, meaning when you use a word in, within its confines are lots of words. Mm -hmm. There's symbols mm -hmm. that in your frontal cortex now blow up and you say, I never thought of it like that. And that word language is one of the ways that we communicate this invisible potential. So when individuals do not use their words at the highest and best of what they can, mm -hmm. they're only limiting their ability to create the world around them through what they do next. So for example, if an individual is using words that one may not know, that's a good time to listen to understand not to reply to see what is the meaning within that word because one one larger word it would only be larger from a from a, a, a 
a face value because there's lots of other ones punched in it. You could say a lot more with less with language. And I think that we overlook this because, you know, lots of factors in the sense of like, Curiosity is not necessarily cool in the alignment of our education system. And the education is founded on the Socratic and Platonic recollection of actually like asking questions so someone could speak and then listening and then asking, right? And these are things that aren't necessarily and It's always aligned. like, who wrote the textbook? I'm always curious, like this well, guy well, in a room with some interns, well, like this was teaching history class. <laughs> you know, well, let's really talk about that. <laughs> who wrote the textbook? Someone that did not potentially did not come up with the theoretical right meaning what you can't experiment on what is not theoretical first meaning it came from somewhere if when you're experimenting you're observing the world when you're experimenting you're using matter like uh, test subjects you're taking the rats and you're putting them and you're looking but who came up with the idea before there was the rats in the box mm-hmm. and that is a big difference a big difference. The theory comes before the, meaning way, 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 way back, we take all of these things for granted that we're just living on our ancestors' spilt blood, really. Like all the things we have, we take, you know, for our ancestors died over many millions of years, mm-hmm. learning the hard way, there was one homo sapien standing up in the cave saying, I'm in fire. I see, the, oh. yes, no, yes, no, yes, saying, I see something. And then what do you do? He drew it on the wall with the freaking symbol or yeah. he used his hands or he should. And then that just got. And language is, it just, it evolved over time. So if you just go back, you think, all right, well, where does it come from? Well, maybe, maybe this is the thing. Maybe all of us are geniuses in the sense of, well, what's the context? Genius, I would define it as the recognition of pattern, right? That's matter. And the inaction upon imagination. Like you have created a business that solves a problem that no one can see. And the reason there's always a problem with new startups is the only person that could see it right. is the theorist right. that now has to enact it into the world. But what do we do? Our, our, our amygdala response or our man, our animalistic response is fight or flight. It's, I don't believe you. <laughs> and yet we go to the movies and we believe these movies, even though they're just movies and we're scared and we have emotions. Well, how does our brain work? It's all interconnected. And the point is it's just individuals that had no quote unquote clout that had ideas. They recognized pattern and they enacted their imagination with their habits, their habituation, through their character, through their sense of meaning, and they never gave up. Mm -hmm. Arthur Schopenhauer said, the higher you soar, the smaller you appear to those who cannot fly. (laughs) And we can all soar or not soar, depending on what our genius is. Meaning, what is it? Energy, you know, distributed and some people can sing some people can dance some people can theorize some people can experiment some people can 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 lift some people can you follow some people can write some people can speak so i would say that there's a million people there's a million elon musk types meaning living to their highest best use of utility if you watch the joe rogan podcast with him he says there there's a clip that anyone would watch he's like it never stops. I just need to be useful. <laughs> but, you know, but we could go and actually transfer and just, you know, we could, we could die and never uncover this utility through mm-hmm. our insecurity. And I think that that's, that's a doggone shame. Why not go to Jupiter? 
I mean, we could, we're going to at some point. I have a feeling because of some <laughs> theorist, and 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 yeah, I mean, we can go for HP more hours. You got a question? <laughs> I got, I'm so what you got, Tom? What do you got? I can talk to you all day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get Jay some whiskey to calm him can down. It, can here. anyone, can anyone be a leader? That's good. Uh, I love that question. I would say that biologically, it would infer if you can bear offspring, how could you not be in a position to potentially inspire and teach? Now, this is the thing. That's just a biological inference. You know, no one could argue that, of course, because mm -hmm. uh, in the sense there's always, there's exceptions to every rule, right? Like there's not necessarily finite, meaning there's people that, like mental illness is a real thing. My mother ended up in an insane asylum. My grandmother was in an insane asylum. Now, the question, were they insane or were they uncultured? I don't know, mm. right? So I can't answer that quite clearly. I haven't invested my, enough, you know, my whole life maybe. I'll, my, I'll, my thought is that there's varying degrees of it. Like, I feel like everyone, like you said, is a leader to some extent. We're biologically made up to be able to be a leader, right? Everybody, right? Most most people, I was say 99.999% are made to be a leader. Right? Well, yeah, I mean, like, look at it. A dolphin is to a human as a cockroach <laughs> is to a dolphin. Yeah. But, I, but I mean, yeah, I, I just thought yeah, I, and that's not a condescending term, but it's like uh, an individual that may not lead me would lead another. Like and then a, we just keep infinitely correct. keep growing together. Yeah. So. The, way, the way I see it is, you know, it depends on the message you're delivering, you know, and the belief that you're trying to put instill others. So here at, at, at our company, you know, we're trying to instill growth mindset mm -hmm. and a lot of, you know, high energy mindset. Uh, so that means we're turning all of our new employees into leaders that they can then lead in the future. That's literally what we talk yep. about every day. Um, you know, but as we grow a business, some people might not be a leader. How do yeah. you recognize that and move on and say, you know what, you're, you're great but, where you're but at. But I also feel like it's, it's, it's to some extent, right? Like, like everyone in my office, right? I, like, do I think everyone could lead a team of 50 people? No. But right. do I think even if there's that one person that's not good at leading a team of three, maybe they could lead something like handling the uh, supply closet. Right. Making sure that that supply closet everybody, is perfect. Everybody has to be Every, a leader of something. Exactly. Well, okay, so this is good. Young said it, Carl Young, better than mm -hmm. all of us. People don't have ideas. Ideas have people. Mm. My argument is that the influence or the initial, the origin, mm -hmm. through their dark, through their internal conflict, the founder or the founders, they can see something in their mind that their people cannot yet see. Right. And for the follower, meaning whomever didn't see the initial idea or thought, mm -hmm. they have to see it to believe it. Well, how do they see it? They see it through, and this is something that I've codified into it, training, story, symbolism, language, and medium. That's an oversimplification of many, 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 many invisible pieces of architecture. Mm -hmm. I'll give you a tangible example. An army of a nation, the private, has different language. The private has different uniform than the general. Right. Look at our form of government at its inception. They spent a lot of times, these founding father geniuses, right? right? They, recogni they recognized pattern and what didn't work in the world. And they enacted their imagination. They put their lives on the line when they had, the, they had more wealth than, than they had ever had before, like in our nation. And they came up with systems of government to hold together the fact that the world is chaotic mm -hmm. and through these different systems of government, through the, the, the song, through the constitution, through the team meetings, the Senate hearings, man, they created America. Yeah. This was the first 
startup business model right. of democracy in a sense of a republic. And we're still going. So, so still pretty good. Well, <laughs> so um, the point is, you know, things start true and end false. Uh, that's another co- podcast. <laughs> if we look at it, let's let's go historical. Let's go like a couple levels of abstraction up. King George had 13 colonies. He had 13 stores and he had 13 managers. One of the managers, his father was owed money by King George and that was William Penn's father. And King George said, I'll give him 45,000 acres. I don't have to pay him back. And he was a Quaker. Didn't necessarily align with that ethos, that highest level of their truth in England. Well, he was an absentee manager. Remember, Pennsylvania is a store. The store manager is William Penn. King George is the CEO. Now, King George didn't found England. <laughs> King George he took is over CEO. that entitled bastard. So because of this freaking mo- whatever market, whatever. So, or, so now, what happens? Well, this is, a, this is a historical fact. You can fact check me. William Penn was an absentee manager. He wasn't around for years and years and years. And Philadelphia became prostitution ridden. It became dirty. And in 1740, Ben Franklin and other men founded a union with an idea to clean up Philadelphia. The employees got together. Who are the employees? The employees are the literate industrialists that were able to build their own little thing about your company of 30 employees, 50 employees. Water cooler talk. Water cooler <laughs> talk created America. So the founding father, they get together and they start this union. Now, 1776 is way far out. I would argue as soon as the inception of the idea of, and technology drives this, by the way, culture yeah. has to accept it. Yeah. They were able to make their ends meet without the help of England. Mm-hmm. And even in the best time ever, they believed they were being taken advantage of. Better technology, better. so because, I would argue, because of technological development, they could see through the veil of the poor leadership of the manager, William Penn, who was a disconnect from King George, and it trickles from the top, and the King George, it was set up for failure to begin with because there was no cultural alignment from yeah. day one. Mm-hmm. So the people that just landed here, they were able to build through technology, their own ecosystem, like their own capitalist role economy through their own ecosystem of shared belief. And these brilliant literate men got together and attempted to create the first company of that nature, this democracy. And we can go and go and go, but you understand the point. Once you tap into the understanding of human behavior on this level and creating ideas. I mean, Walmart, um, like any of the, like I could argue, Walmart died on Sam Walton's deathbed in his book. Because when I watched a podcast recently of the CEO of Walmart, (laughs) they asked him, what's your favorite book? And he didn't say Made of America. Hey, pastor, what's your favorite Bible? Wow, I like that five love languages. Get the hell out of here. Get out of here. No, so that's the same thing. Um, I, mean, I, you see it, I mean, I see it happening with Apple right now, too, a little bit. You see you see Steve Jobs, and then you got Tim Apple. Great. Tim okay, Coach. so let's use this for example. Steve <laughs> right? Jobs would be analogous to Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great inherited a system of training that his father, King Philip, created, meaning he inherited his business. What was his business? His business was King Philip's vision to a solution of a problem. Mm-hmm. The profit was the margin, margin in between what it cost to solve the problem and what came in. Well, what, what does that mean in war? King Philip II, Alexander the Great's father, invented the Ceresa. It was a pole about... 
eight to 10 feet longer than the phalanx average spear. Hmm. And with that weaponry, with the symbolism, the rankings of the ideology of training his people, he kicked the butt of the hoplites when no one had done it. Alexander Great inherited that army at about 19, 20 years old. Now, Alexander Great had a great mentor named Aristotle. He learned horseback, he learned fighting, he learned all of these things. He was a brilliant young offspring. One would infer that he had a strong mind, of course, from his father and his mother. Mm -hmm. They were brilliant people, you know, one could infer historically. He also had a key ingredient in building a company, a family that's different than the last one, a country, whatever, what have you, an army. And that was the psychological dissonance or resentment for his father, who didn't fully own him as his son because Alexander's mother was not from Macedonia. She was, I believe it was, I don't wanna say this date because I don't wanna mess it up, but the point is another place, not Macedonia. And King Philip and Alexander actually liked the same girl. And King Philip was looking for another heir. Hmm. And there was a story that is true of Arian. He was a, 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 a basically a PR guy who followed him. Arian might've been around yet. Mate, let me take a couple steps back. It's just in the history that there was a time, there was actually an occurrence where King Philip was pretty hammered, drunk, and boasted about this, this, new, this new potential birth of a new son. And Alexander took it personally in the in their in their among their men's ranks in the bar in in the the bar bar. like they're all partying and king philip went to go after him Mm. and he tripped over his own feet and alexander said he can't even he what kind of king is this he can't even walk straight without falling and they didn't talk for a long time alexander had to had to go away the point is and he ended up coming back before king philip died they never resolved that internal conflict they could never resolve it so what happened Alexander Great had just enough insecurity. Internal conflict equals external creation. Just enough understanding of war and people. Just enough gumption to lead from the front. He had so many arrows and battle scars in him. Just enough of the right Steve Jobian tools. (laughs) Bastard. Just Mm. enough Mm. to never lose a battle, to inspire people to actually kill other humans. Think about that cultural alignment. He conquered all of Macedon. He chased Darius the third, or the, the second, whatever, all over Persia. Never lost a battle, or one, or it was like one. It was like kind of lost and went back and beat him anyway. Conquered all of, you know, all of um, Northern, Af- in the Northern Africa, even the elephants, conquered Egypt. This is the powerful part. He's 30-ish, 31. They still don't know if he was killed by his men or not. There's, there's historical debate, but he dies. Mm. Now, remember, he was a leader. He always led from the front. He was very competent. He was, his vision, his internal vision was to, 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 to be the greatest of all time. Like he made, he created an idea. Think about this. His men believed that Zeus was his father. Think about that ideology. He believed it. He disassociated his personality from his father. How many of us can relate? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, when he died, he had no constitution, no books, no story, no medium, no symbolism, none of this invisible architecture I told you I quantified to be a teach that no one's done because this industry doesn't exist. It's called culture creation. That's not a thing. It's inverted PR, yada, yada, yada. He died. They killed his kids. His army disseminated, split up. But this is the crazy part. One of his bodyguards, his best friends, Ptolemy I, 
He learned a lot when he was with him. Of course. He went to Egypt. And his great, 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 great. I'm not making this up. The 16th generation heir to Ptolemy was Cleopatra. Ptolemy wrote books. He created the Alexandrian libraries. He went across the world and gathered things, knowledge, books. He created, arguably was an inception, like the Gutenberg Press made such a revelatory transformation in the 1400s on the world because everyone could read now and whatnot. Alexandria, this is, you know, what is it? It's three something BC. So know what's the difference? Alexander had no architecture. No culture behind did. people. Yeah. Culture is just this giant word mm-hmm. that no one understands because if we understood it, there wouldn't be war. Well, I mean, I, I want to end on that. That's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's freaking... <laughs> Get this man a drink. Jay, I mean, this is... Uh, Epic. I, this is one of my. I mean, I, for one, I just didn't have to talk much, so my voice is good. I'm, I'm saved. Like this is. Well, you know, I'm comfortable on you. Yeah, you're, you, you, could, you let it all out, but like I, I just learned so. This is probably the most I've ever learned on a podcast, just yeah. about like myself and just how to see the world a little differently and also connecting. But like, I feel like people are gonna have to listen to this one twice, at least, at least, to really just understand what you just threw at them because it's real like it's like it's it's crazy and you know i think you proved why culture matters so much because you know you could be here as you would say in your first batch is like your last breath right could be in minutes it's like you don't know what what's left after you it's is it a legacy but i think in order to have that you need culture behind what you do and um it it goes through everything whether you want to raid countries and pillage and uh you know take over continents or you want to just grow a sustainable business uh or you know leave something afterwards i mean it's, it's wild and what do you think culture and belief bridges yeah. people together i love that that's i mean as you said that it was the third line i wrote down i still think that's one of the strongest things i'm taking away um you know i think we have a common belief here we're trying to instill that with our team and you know it does bridge people together whether they're in the same physical space or across the world. Sometimes even when they're not even in the same department. Yeah. Right. Like that's the other thing. Like, you know, it's, it's, yeah, cause I, cause I can, I can say what you're preaching works. I mean, I haven't been doing it to the level of thinking that you've been doing it, but like I have people in my office that might not talk to each other for a couple of weeks. They might not even say hi, but then it's like, but when we all but get together, the, common, the, the, goal, growth, common, growth, the common growth, the thoughts, what, what the whole, what you're achieving as an organization or a team is, uh, belief is it's, huge. It's, it's because of the belief. Yeah. And, belief and is really on. huge. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful that I got to meet you finally and hear you talk about this stuff. Um, I'm sure we'll talk more in you know a lot of other conversations. So thank you. Um, well, I have 88 more extra. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, wait, Jay. I'm gonna get so every time. So as we're wrapping up the podcast too, we always ask for you know you're you're a little different because you you have a business going. You're a non for profit. You know, you're, yeah. you're, you're you're profitable business, but you know give me you know and you're not allowed to say you have to instill culture. You got to give me a tidbit of something that like. Someone that's looking to get into business, start something, or, or even start getting like what? What is something they need to start with immediately? That's going to what step propel one? them. What's step one? Okay, great. If you go in the back of Thirty Days of Thought, because you'll actually be able to see what our transcribed vision, mission, purpose, belief, goal, and all of the values. Now, the values are the written transcription of the words, thoughts, ideas, beliefs of whomever would found it. If I were to die right now, our people would know exactly who 
I was and what this is. Mm-hmm. Now, once this is all transcribed and to do this properly, there must be someone facilitating mm-hmm. this because it's not common sense or whatever. Everyone in the world would do it, including Alexander the Great. Once <laughs> that's done, because he didn't do it. Well, now it's like, how do you teach people their competencies through the vis- the values? Mm. So that The values are the hot how. So I'll give you an example. Simon Sinek is, didn't finish. Start with why. However, the how is the actionable use of the values. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my TED Talks. There you go. I love it. There you go. Jay, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, this one, shit. Listen twice, I, people. Yo, Maybe three this times. This is a two times listen. I don't, I've never said it before. And this is, this is, this was fine. I appreciate man. it. Thank you, Jay. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you wouldn't mind sharing this with someone, it would mean the world to us. You can reach out to us at thenewhowpodcast.com. Thank you so much for listening. And we really hope you got a lot of value out of this episode that you're going to put towards your business and real estate endeavors. Mm-hmm.